Gavin, I'm just saying stop picking at that's why it keeps bleeding. I know. Hello everybody and welcome to Pod Position. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I'm joined as always by Laura. Hello. Hello, how are you today? I'm alright. Calm. I'm I'm calm. He's not I've calm. I've been playing Dark Souls all day <laughs> for t- two days now. Oh, but I guess about three days now. Um the Bloodborne thing just sort of got into me, and I um I don't want to. I'm on New Game Plus on Bloodborne, and I don't want to go too far because I'm getting that collector's edition uh, guidebook, and I want to do New Game Plus properly. You know, I want to know where to send people. I want to know, uh, you know, the right way to get the secret things and how to make the crow lady do do something other than attack me in the church. Oh, those um, dead quests, man. That, that really yeah. annoyed She died again in my second run, and I was yeah. so pissed. <laughs> so... Spoiler. Until that... Yeah, spoilers, guys. Until that book gets here, I'm uh, playing Dark Souls. I tried playing Dark Souls 2. No thank you, sir. No thank you. Um, I, I'm not even like an hour into Dark Souls 2 and I'm like, nope, not for Was me. Was it the Scholar of the First Sin one? The new one? Yes. Yeah, yes, they, I took that as the opportunity. They made some changes to that that really, to me, I don't understand why they did it. They put like really high level enemies at the start and just up the number of enemies and that's supposed to make it more challenging. Oh, so it's not supposed to... No. Dar- so they're not supposed to be there, those big fucking things. Uh, no, they're not, actually. And also... Um, they, they, there were much less enemies in the original Dark Souls 2. It seems they seem they tried to up the challenge by just adding more and more and more enemies. Yeah. And it seems like yeah. people who wanted to make Dark Souls but didn't understand what Dark Souls is. Mm. And so just like, mm. like... Like, I don't like the map design. Like, there are never that many instant death chasms and tight little gaps that you can roll down in Bloodborne, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls. Oh, there Jim, are you, you haven't been to Blighttown yet, have you? <laughs> oh, oh, no, my. no, I haven't. You're, you, you said you're in the sewers, are you? Um, yes, yeah, currently. No, you're about to get mm. to Blighttown, so you're going to be taking what you said back oh, <laughs> after Blighttown. Well, yeah. Okay, there are not that many instant chasms mm. 20 minutes into the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's say that. Yeah. I've always felt about Dark Souls 2 the same way I feel yeah. about the um, the original prequel trilogy for Star Wars. It's you have a thing in your hands that was popular. You don't understand why it's popular, but you're going to try your best to make it popular again, and it's just not quite the same thing. Yeah, that's what it, especially, because like I say, I don't quite know the difference between Dark Souls 2 and Scholar, because I've started with Scholar, mm. and and it just, it, it feels like they tried to rush us towards what people remember about Dark Souls. They've done away with the slow build, like, well, you, see, dark, you know, where dark, are the little zombie dark Souls type enemies? Two, dark Souls 2 had that, and I don't know why they've changed that for Scholar of the Lost Sin. Like, you know the clearing at the beginning you come into with, like, 14 different dudes in it? Mm, yes. Dark Souls 2, the first edition, there was only like five of those guys. There was no big ogre wandering around the river either. It didn't have a fucking dragon in the third area by the tower and the cathedral. So you know, it was, a, it was a slow build, and I don't know why they changed that. I guess people screaming for more difficulty because is probably why they... because Bloodborne is less of a slow build. Bloodborne just goes straight into there are lots of enemies and very yeah. difficult <laughs> ones. It, like, it seems like they have tried to turn Dark Souls 2 into Bloodborne without realising that, like... 
just emulating those aspects of Bloodborne doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work with the mechanics they have yeah. set up, and it just creates this very weird version of the game. So that was always my big fear of how Namco especially was was selling Dark Souls by that point. It's like they focus purely on the prepare-to-die stuff. And it's like, that's not really what the Souls games are about. It's not about crushing difficulty. It is about, you know, mm. tough but fair. We have these rules. You'll play by these rules or you will die. And it's just yep. the yes. way... It was really distasteful the way I felt that Namco was pushing it as... And I guess that's what mm. Scholar of the First Sin is, is feeding off of, is this... It's the same reputation that makes people think that Sonic the Hedgehog is just about going fast. We're ignoring yeah. the actual level design and the fact that the original Sonic games were never really that fast. Mm. It was speed mm. was there as a reward, little long loop-de-loop bits after some platforming. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like they, they yeah. Sonic'd it with Dark Souls, at least with Scholar of the First well, Sin. Yeah. it's The original Dark Souls, to me, was always like the child who is misbehaving, and it's like... There are rules. If you misbehave, you will get a smack. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, here's the thing. It's like it's not like you do anything right or wrong and you get punched in the face with a sledgehammer. That's what it feels like Dark Souls 2 at times can be, which is it's hitting you over the sledgehammer when you've done nothing wrong just because look how scary it is. It hit you around the face with something that you can't defend yourself from. Like, yeah. the original Dark Souls was very much just the these are the rules. If you break the rules, you will get smacked and you will know you've done something wrong. But most, as long as you follow the rules, the you'll be fine. Most, most of, the, of time. the time. I mean, barring Blighttown <laughs> and barring stuff like the Bed of Chaos, which was unbelievable bullshit. So, here's time for um, for me to be honest about something. I beat the, the final boss of the original Dark Souls because it got stuck in a wall and I took advantage of that fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was stuck in a wall and I just kind of, I just kind of kept hitting at it. I was like, well, it's I not getting out of the wall, is it? I, <laughs> I cheesed him as well because you can easily cheese him with the parry mechanic. Here's the mm. thing, I never feel quite bad about doing that in a Souls game because no. the, the yeah, Souls, exactly. Souls games will take any weakness you have, they will exploit everything you, <laughs> you do, they will take any yeah. advantage they can get. So if I get an advantage, I'm going to take it, and I feel that's in the spirit Jim, of the game. I, I think every listener will agree with me when I make this request. Please either live stream or record yourself going to Blighttown for the first time. This is something that just <laughs> needs, needs to... Okay, I will, um, once I reach Blighttown, I will, if not live stream, at least hit record on my uh, thing and, and get yeah. that set up. You'll know you're there <laughs> when you start seeing wooden, kind of wooden platforms and stuff. When you start seeing that and lots of wood everywhere and poison guys start recording. Right. Because it's going to be so funny watching you play through this. <laughs> I mean, the best gamers in the world suffer in Blighttown on their first run because it's the most confusing awful clusterfuck of like shittiness imaginable <laughs> yeah uh, sounds like it's right up Jim's street yeah. you're on PC you're on PC though Jim aren't you yes yes oh yeah well then you won't have to deal with the frame rate which also made it even worse in uh on the Xbox and, P and PlayStation yeah, that's version that's part of what put mm. me off when I first because I my original because I only got as far as Taurus Demon when I first played it because I had other things to do and Conrad was reviewing it for me on Destructoid um, yeah and I played it on the Xbox 360 at first and it was hideous uh, mm. And then the next time I picked it up a few years back, it was um, on PC. And now my current mm. playthrough is PC as well, because of course it would be. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's a, in, in your opinion, I suppose it's probably too early to tell, but Laura, you would probably have a formed opinion on this at this stage. In your opinion, do you think the Souls games or Bloodborne is more difficult? Personally, I found Bloodborne more difficult mechanically, but Souls more difficult in the where the fuck do I go now? Just, yeah. well, I guess for me, just looking just at Dark Souls 1, I find it's difficult to know how much of this comes down to Dark Souls 1 being my first game of that type and still having to mm, learn what it wanted same. from me. But I found the original Dark Souls more mechanically complex in terms of getting to grips with the combat system and how it wanted me to mm-hmm. think about fighting. When it comes to Bloodborne, okay. I think that, like... Actually, I think someone put it really well. Um, I can't remember who this was, but they said that um, Dark Souls is a game about, like, never reacting. You should always be planning, never reacting. Whereas Bloodborne's combat feels a lot more like it's expecting you to be reactive, that things are going to jump in yeah. and you are going to have to reflexively respond um other than that i think the big difference that's a good point and i think just otherwise the big difference for me is just that bloodborne feels like it took something that dark souls one did and really improved on it which was that it feels much more Mm -hmm. like one cohesive world that you are consistently like working out logical shortcuts through that world um like everything Mm -hmm. is where it looks appears to be Mm -hmm. if you see something in the distance okay that's where i'm working towards like it keeps a logical consistency in its like world design mm. that is really nice for world traversal. Yeah, Bloodborne was much easier to uh, find your way yeah. around. It does like it is a bit of a nightmare for me though because I am a very obsessive gamer and I'm one of these people that likes to go in every direction and go down yeah. every possible <laughs> alleyway before I take the the progression yeah. path. And oh god damn it, that's so impossible in Bloodborne. If I see a path with like crossroads, I have a panic attack. It's like, I don't, which way will yeah. take me to the story, which I don't want yet, and which way will take me yeah. to the treasures. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, in Bloodborne, that has been a nightmare. I'm just like, oh, I want to unlock every path. I don't want to go the right way yet. Yeah. But it's so freeform that, like, it never locks you out of an area. Yeah. Until you finish it and it boots you into New Game Plus. I was so pissed <laughs> off about that. Oh, God. I was so pissed because I was so happy that I finally beat and. I didn't get the ending of I don't want I I won't spoil anything but there's a hidden ending I think everyone knows that yeah. by now I didn't get that because I wasn't using a guide or anything and the last boss for the normal people the normal aren't getting the secret ending is so fucking hard holy shit he was unbelievable shit. I've never he made anything in Dark Souls look like fucking <laughs> Teletubbies <laughs> I couldn't believe how He's hard not he was though. he he was fair. <laughs> He's just an absolute bloody asshole. You know what? In retrospect, I'll say he was fair. I wasn't saying it at the time. Every time <laughs> yeah. I die, you cheating, cheap fucker, I was shouting. You, you finish it and look back, though, and it's like, no, it's pretty good. He, he had one attack that was pretty much undodgeable, and I thought that one attack was pretty cheap, but when you finally figure out how to beat him, it's, it, you it know, was, yeah. as with all From games, it's super it rewarding. It was a very like. rewarding battle, I will give it that. Like, I came away from uh. it feeling relief and, like, <clears throat> satisfaction more than anything, so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Especially for, like, like some people, I was talking about this recently with Grey, uh, um, some people are naturally more gifted at, at video games than other people, mm. yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of gamers who are very good at games don't take this into account. 
Like I have very clumsy hands and this applies for me with guitar and stuff as well. Like when I need really good solos on my songs, I need to get in a different, well, actually I've only done it like once, but you probably notice in my songs, there aren't any fancy solos. That's because I've got crazy clumsy hands <laughs> and I'll always have that mm. skill ceiling yeah. and it's the same with video games. So for someone with that very low skill ability to finally be able to beat a boss like that, it's mm. so fucking no, satisfying. See, I, I completely agree with you. And like, pe people are always mm. surprised to hear that like game critics aren't necessarily <coughs> the greatest players of games in the world. It's like, um, really? I thought that was like a known thing. A, <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that like, hey, people who play who review video games, it's because of their writing ability generally, not their ability to get a high score yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, but I feel yeah. I feel like you know with a lot of gamers they take a long long time and really truly master a certain type of game whereas you know I play almost every single game that comes out at least every single yeah. game of no mm. like it, it I consider myself I don't consider myself a, a particularly good player uh, but I consider myself a very average player because it's just are, are you a jack of all trades i think that's it you end up as a kind of jack of all mm. master of none um barring you know certain mm. things i just do not get to grips with um mm. have you guys ever had that situation where you had to have a deadline for a review and you were worried you weren't going to be able to finish the game because there was a part that was too yeah. hard i've gotten to points where i feel like really? i've hit a wall um and I, you know i've made it policy before yeah. i don't i've i've never said i have to get to the the very end credits of every single game. So, yeah. But yeah. there are. I'd love to know how many reviewers didn't finish Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it's a large. I was number. proud that I got to the final boss um, in time. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons yeah. I never did the Souls games before then, like I never reviewed Dark Souls, never did Dark Souls two. It's because I just I did not have the confidence in myself to get anywhere near far enough to do a good review. Um, but apparently yeah. the, the pressure the pressure of an embargo makes you get good that's what I've learned yeah get good or get yeah. broke uh, well I've got a really nice example of that at the moment which is that like I just recently got review code for Broken Age Act 2 and I can't talk about my opinion on it yet obviously mm -hmm. because embargo is mm -hmm. like three weeks away but I'm so glad okay. they gave reviewers like three weeks to, to do reviews because it's a puzzle game and I got stuck very early on into Act 2, and really? I just had my moment of, I am so glad I have three weeks to work my way through this, because if I was on a deadline, I would be stressing out right now. Should they, should they not send reviewers guides? That's what I always... Some, some developers have done in the past. Um, there are review guides. Like the downside to that is... Yeah, I don't like read the, them. the downside is, yeah, the, the downside is if you use them... It can skew your perspective on the level of challenge on like a, a for a puzzle puzzle point and click adventure, for example, it can skew your view of how difficult a puzzle is or how obtuse it was. Yeah, they don't send them but, as much now though. Mm, they used to send they yeah. used to yeah. really put effort into them. I actually did a thing on Destructoid <coughs> a few years ago where I would actually show people on video these review guides, which they used to make really lavish, like magazine style things. Um mm. And I do that after the fact because I just I, I wouldn't read them because I don't want a publisher telling me, um, you know, how to play a game, what to think of a game, yeah. all this kind of stuff before it comes out. What what I yeah what I find myself doing now is I will reach out privately to other critics that I know when I'm stuck on like a puzzle in in something on an embargo deadline, and if I have no other choice, I'll be like, right, 
I cannot work out what on earth to do with this. What do I do? Um, great example was Life is Strange episode two. There is a mission in the middle where you are collecting glass bottles from around a, um, a rubbish site or like a, a junkyard. And I could not find the last fucking bottle, no matter how hard I looked. And I just could not see it. And I was stressing out because I had a deadline. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> you, I know you played. I, I know you're playing this for review. Where's the last fucking bottle? And you know there's going to be someone in your review comments going, Laura's bad at games. Yeah, and I am bad at games. I'm well aware. I walked past the place people, where this bottle was about a dozen times. But I just people who tell other it. people they're bad at games, like, they're not always wrong, but they're always dicks. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I get it a lot because oh, obviously I play I play games on YouTube, obviously um, a lot, and a part of the the conceit of my main playlist is I go in sight unseen without tutorials and just dive in, uh, which can lead to stuff. Yeah. And it's also somewhat difficult. I've learned, like I've got a lot of sympathy mm. for for even Dark Side Phil, who, to be fair, brings a lot. Of, <laughs> he he brings a, a lot of it he's on himself. So bad. He makes me look like a fucking MLG pro, man. But I've got some some limited sympathy for him and another uh, let's play people because it is difficult to mm. play a game and concentrate on everything while also talking and trying to be engaging and entertaining. Yeah. I miss a it's lot true. of silly yeah. shit. I mean, the difference yeah. between me and Dark yeah. and Phil is he will blame the game and anything but himself and i will take yeah, it on yeah. my head if i miss something you know it was my fault but it can be difficult yeah. but so many people love to get so arrogant and smarmy in the comments and you're just so bad at games but it's it's so weird it's like you're bad at games and you're like whoa was i supposed to be insulted by that <laughs> oh goodness can i can i point out one thing that i've just noticed and i think this is mm. amazing we've yet to finish introductions to the podcast you've not introduced gavin yet <laughs> we got we got as far as introducing me and Gavin asked how you were and you said that oh yeah I've been playing Bloodborne and we've just gone into Bloodborne chat so all the listeners are going to be like oh more bloody Bloodborne chat well, this is the third out. week in a row we've been going yeah. on about Bloodborne well, to be fair, yeah. we talk, uh, by Bloodborne, the way if you're wondering why I'm a little if, if the listeners are wondering why I'm a bit more talkative tonight there are two reasons A because I am the host of the call this week <laughs> and I'm not lagging behind these fuckers. And B because I'm a little bit drunk. That's good. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. me, me and me and Gavin got a little bit pre-drunk because um, it's my fault. Um, I went mm. to Poland, so we had to move for a, for a work trip, and we had to move the podcast back a day. And then Gavin couldn't do it because he had a date at our normal time, so I moved it a few hours earlier. And then Jim didn't remember that we'd moved it. A I was hours playing earlier. Dark Souls. Mm. Yeah, so mm. me and Jim, Gavin I think, I think you should uh, introduce me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to... In- That's Gavin. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, I, I'm sure you all know of TV Tropes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a, there's a Jimquisition page uh, on TV Tropes, which I read obsessively, because um, I yeah. like to read about myself. Uh, and there is now... There's only two entries on it, but there is a subheader on the Jimquisition TV Tropes page specifically for Podquisition. <laughs> I can't remember what one of them is, but the first one is Butt Monkey, <laughs> in a reference to Gavin. Who really? gets made fun of for liking Ubisoft and is referenced by fans as the slow one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can can I do can I do a review of the alcohol I'm drinking this episode? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, so I I realised that we had podquisition today while I was in the the Polish side of an airport trying to make my way back to the UK, and I suddenly thought, fuck, I have nothing to review on this week's podcast. So I went scrounging around Polish duty-free trying to find alcohol to drink. Now, I'm going to probably butcher the, the description and name of this. Um, there are some little clues as to what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's 40% alcohol. No, that good. it is 500 mils and that it cost me £1.30. That's, that's good value. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's, that's a lot of alcohol and content for my £1.30 in, in the mm-hmm. Duty Free. Um, Pretty there good, is, go on. There is a picture of a mango. Um, there is a picture of an orange. A picture <laughs> of a lime and a picture of a carrot. Wow. All, all I don't of know the why the carrot. But... So it's like alcoholic lilt. <laughs> 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 with a totally tropical taste. With, with a carrot in it for some reason. <laughs> so I'm gonna just I'm just gonna read bad. Um, I feel so boring now with my Heineken's, Laura. Oh, I'm sorry. Although the bottles do match my um, lovely razor see, keyboard on mouse pad. I can't drink just regular beer. Like I always, and I, I, I hate the term girly drink because obviously I hate the term. I hate all, all of that kind of you know designation of shit like that. But. Mm. The quote unquote girly drinks, they're the ones I have to have. They get you fucked up yeah. quicker and they taste nice. Yes, they're sugary, mm. they're sweet, and they don't taste of alcohol. Yeah. They're wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to read some po- poorly read Polish off the back of this and try and work out what it mm-hmm. is. It's Why Borowa Smaki Swiata? Whatever that is. Grant us well, as an Irish person, our, our Polish is our second language here. As, do, as, do, you, uh, do you know enough Polish to tell me about this? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, apparently it's Poland's finest export for £1.30 oh. for 500 mils of 40%. What's it called? It's, it's Wyborowa. Wyborowa. Um, That's probably so, pronounced something like Ibra yeah. or something I like that. Kuwabara. I am reading this Ibra. It's Smaki Sviatia. Sweetia to Wajai. Smacky sweetheartia. Yeah. Um, Receptra posata zpasi od canaria. So I don't know what the fuck. Oh, thanks a lot, Laura. Now, like, red skulls are emanating from my carpet. (laughs) Now we both want this drink, and now we don't know what it is. I can send you pictures if you want. You can find it in the duty free of the Krakow Airport. Well, it's, un- it's, it's undoubtedly in our duty freeze here because we have like loads of Polish people here and <laughs> they'll probably like to drink their own beers. I, I'm, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to see if it's any good. Sweet. Oh, that is not good. <laughs> Does it taste like limes and carrots? <laughs> not good. I know it's Laura, not good. Laura, you just, you just offended an entire nation, you racist. <laughs> So, so I can taste the carrot. Oh, good. <laughs> um, it tastes like very acidic carrot. I Ew. can't taste the mango. All <laughs> <laughs> the orange. <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's just there, it's there are so many. Orange. It's the there's so many quotes. To be. There's so many quotes from this show that should just dominate that Reddit sub yeah. that subreddit where it's like out of context. <laughs> oh god. So by the end of by the end of this podcast I'm gonna drink the whole thing. So uh, Ooh, lovely. This is gonna be a fun show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's think of something to talk about that isn't souls related. 
Oh, oh. Well, can we talk about how I was number one on the iTunes metal chart this yeah, week for well two done. days? Worldwide. Yeah. That's pretty above, fucking you were above cool. all sorts of actual famous bands. Yeah, I was I was beating out three of my favorite fucking yeah, bands. I mean, like my heroes. you being kind of a pop Dude, star, you've... You remember me going on about Nightwish for like the last month? Yeah, you were above their well, album, Well, I, I, I was above them. Now, I realized that you <laughs> only ever refer to it as your metal album, which is terrible salesmanship. Yes. Um, it's the, the album is called Metal Up, right? There yes. you go, Metal Up by Miracle of Sound. Uh, he's kind of a yes. pop star. The worldwide number one metal album. Well, number one. And it was my first uh, Miracle of Sound album that had nothing to do with gaming. There you go. It was just all personal well, don't, songs. Don't tell them how that. Did people, how, did, yeah. <laughs> how did people <laughs> feel about that from you? I imagine that might have had some it's backlash. It's been an entirely wholly positive response, oh. apart from one very disappointed fan who felt very betrayed Aww. and said that he wasn't going to buy it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it's my fastest selling album ever. So I, well I'm sorry you don't like it, but you know, but now you know where the money is. The money is not games. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no. the same for anything. That's the same for criticism journalism. It's just yeah, the money is in not games. <laughs> no, the money is in games. Believe me, I would never have achieved this level of success without without appealing to audiences of pre To keep that things. guy happy, though, is like the next time you yeah. do like a, just a full metal album, just say somewhere yeah. in in one of the songs, just go Sonic the Hedgehog really quickly, and then carry on. With the song. <laughs> well, he got. A th- I mean, there was a Dota two song two weeks ago, so I don't know why he. It's like you've betrayed us. It's like, dude, there was a gaming song two weeks ago. Well, if, you, if you hadn't, yeah. if you hadn't done this album, you could have done another ten <laughs> songs about gaming. So, yeah. <laughs> well, the Bloodborne song is coming, so they need one. not fret. Oh, I'm looking forward mm. to that. Oh, you anyway. got us on Bloodborne again. <laughs> oh God, damn it! Quick, guys, guys, Deus Ex trailer. Can I just express? Oh, yes. Go on, express like, your feelings. Ah! That was basically the tweet that came out yesterday when <laughs> it that did trailer its came job. out. It's, Holy fuck. It's a pretty yeah. sexy looking trailer. Yeah. I want to see yeah. actual gameplay. I always do. Yeah. Um, Laura, Laura had some concerns, which greatly concerned me too. Do you want to talk about those, Laura? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, this stuff, uh, this trailer and um, like a lot of details on the game leaked before the official trailer was revealed and it sort of pushed Square Enix to put the trailer up but a lot of it leaked on Reddit and it was a very accurate leak of information and one of the things in this leak was that has got people talking is this suggestion that it's going to be aimed at a more action-oriented crowd and that concerns me please, slightly no. I really hope please don't do right. a dead space because yeah dead please space, don't do a dead, dead space, space 3 is exactly where my mind went I'm like please don't please no <laughs> yeah I mean I so, because I know what people really wanted was more of, of you know, wandering in the city and the world building and yeah. the hubs and everything. That I mean, that was my favourite stuff from Human Revolution. I mean, I really yeah. liked, obviously, the action and the combat and the stealth and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But whenever I think about my time playing Human Revolution, just like when I think about playing the original Deus Ex, is I'm thinking of, of just... Strolling around the city, yeah. meeting people, doing I little agree. Bug about completely yes. agreed. Yeah, the music, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. soaking up the amazing color scheme, like but, yeah, but, you know, that yeah. amazing trip up the the medical building, the Tai Young mm-hmm. Medical. The first time you took that amazing journey from literally the basement, and you climb up through their labs, and you go up through the elevators up into the top, and you first see upper. Oh, 
Oh my God, what a game. <laughs> Can you tell I've been drinking? <laughs> I've been drinking too, it's fine. Not to be entirely negative on it, like there are some some reassuring and positive things. First of all, um, so yeah, I know it's kind of cheesy, but the halogen light bulb angel wings I fucking love as like completely in your face mm. and not subtle as they are. But yeah, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff. Like really. yeah. it's, it's fun. Yeah, it, it looks fun. But like, I really like what they're setting up with the plot because from what we could see from this trailer, it seems to be very much on this whole like, hey, augmented humans are becoming a more common thing. The government is clamping down on it and there is a divide, like a civil war style divide mm. of there are the augmented humans who want to fight back and the ones who think it's the wrong thing to do. And yeah. it mm. looks like it's a the next, really it's interesting It's the next logical yeah. step. I'm excited for it, that. From where the story was headed yeah. in, in Human Revolution. Basically, I want to see this become the first season of The Legend of Korra. That's what I want this to turn into. Mm. For anyone my that knows is, The Legend of Korra, yeah. My hope is, because the trailer obviously shows Jensen pitted mostly against the revolutionaries, and I'm just... I hope we have a Denton-style switch or something, because yeah. even yeah. in the trailer, I'm like, you know what, I'm on the side of the people... The, the ones who are being oppressed, actually. I, I don't yeah, necessarily yeah. want to be on the other side. <laughs> to, to be fair, we've not seen the methods of the re- revolutionaries that in any true. depth. Like, my suspicion is that they're probably, like, they're probably aiming for the right thing, but they're doing completely horrible things to get there. And he's like, no, I object to your means of obtaining this greater aim. Mm. Well, let, let's be honest here. We're going to pick that ourselves, aren't we? I mean, that's pretty much what it's all going to build up to. You're going to see both sides. You're going to fight both sides. And then they're going to give you a choice to pick a side. Eh, that's maybe. what I would imagine is going to happen. Let's hope so. And I do hope it is. I hope we get everything we want. I mean, I remember when Alien Isolation was leading up, there were very strong rumours that that was going to be more action-oriented. And, and either it... Mm. it Ne- that was never true, or they had a change of heart. And hopefully, if enough people kick up enough of a stink, maybe, maybe Idos will, uh, you know, consider it. Well, I, you, you know, actually, maybe that just means they've balanced it better this time because in the last game, it was pretty much um, learn hacking or get the fuck yeah. out. Yeah, well, that might be you know? right. Um, mm. So yeah, Deus Ex, mm, that looked good. I'm excited for a game. Mm. Again. Damn, damn right. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have I have a game to talk about this week. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, we we haven't done the obligatory Laura finds yeah, something I, from the darkest had, corners of I the had internet. Several several choices this week. I found five different <laughs> games. So um <clears throat> I can either talk about more than one or I can give you a list and you can sort of um express your interest in which one you'd like to hear about. But I think the two I think the two most important ones I found this week were one where you masturbate a man until his uh, penis is larger than his forearm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Or one where you wank off okay. a gay car. Oh, I heard about. Uh, I'm going to go with I the gay car. The gay car one. Should we? Should we go with the gay car? Uh, I find the gay car sounds yeah. more interesting. Okay, so this this is a game called Stick Shift, and this is from a guy called Robert Yang, who you might know as the person who did Hurt Me Plenty, as well as. Um, Succulent. So he did the games about consensually spanking people and about sticking ice lollies repeatedly into men's mouths. So this is his new game, and I, I, I think the best way to do this is I, I wrote a thing about this for Destructor, and I really want to do a dramatic reading because I think it uh, sums up my feelings on this game pretty nicely. Okay. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Quivering with anticipation, I slowly insert my keys into his ignition oh. slot. A few moments of anticipation, some stuttering as he turns over. A moment of all-encompassing rumbling as I turn him on. The engine is running, my car is ready. 
I firmly grab his gear stick with my right hand and try to slide it out of first gear. He slams to a halt, stopping me abruptly. I start over, attempting to better read his signs this time. I slide my hand up and down the hard metal shaft, watching his rev counter gradually rise. All the signs are that he's enjoying it, so I once again attempt to get into his second gear. I slip him up to his next level and we both burst into ecstasy. He lurches across the road faster than ever before while my face lights up like his fog lights. I return to the rhythmic movements up and down. I gently caress his knob before thro- <laughs> lowering my hand back onto his shaft. Faster and faster, I increase the tension. We escalate with reckless abandon, unaware of anything but each other. Bam! Red and blue lights fla- flash behind us. Incredible amounts of passion turn into a mixture of embarrassment and shame. We have been caught. The police want to know what's happening. Every time I kiss you, it makes my situation harder to explain to the police. Every smooch delaying the time before we can get back on the road together and finish what we started. I don't care. I aggressively make out with you anyway. I love the taste of your windows on my lips. And that is my review of Stick Shift. And I've just come. So, brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's Stick Shift, which is, that, as that you might guess, a game about amazing. jerking off a gay car and... Um, yeah, I saw yes. uh, footage of it. It looked uh, pretty well. Laura, if, uh, if the game journalism doesn't work out for you, I would recommend going into the Fifty Shades style uh, soft uh, porn I, I, writing. Because that was I pretty impressive. There is, um, there is apparently yeah. like a thriving market of people who just write like five page long um, short stories for Amazon ebooks and make quite oh. a good living out of mm. it because you write they are really, really specific esoteric sexual pursuits that someone might have and people make a decent living doing this oh i've been collecting them there's there's ones about having sex with pokemon uh although obviously they don't call them satchelmon they call them uh (laughs) what about i Mm? i I got i got sent one this week because someone saw one that looked up my alley which was um a man who clones his own bum and then falls in love with his bum and his bum has sex with him fucking brilliant there there (laughs) are so many with his bum (laughs) man having sex with his own bum uh woman having sex with the tyrannosaurus uh various dragons and griffins um there's a lot there Uh, someone sent there's got to be a load of them about like uh, ponies oh, as well. I bet oh, there's yeah. someone actually them. through the mail sent me one of a woman whose dog turns into a man and she fucks <gasps> yes! her man dog. Yes, there there is an entire <coughs> genre of animals that turn into humans mm-hmm. long enough to have sex with their owners, then turn back to animals. So if you've ever and it's wanna... not bestiality because they're humans when the sex they're humans. happens. If yeah. you, you have sex with a man dog. And if you want to have sex with a man dog, yeah. then Amazon eBooks has you sorted out, or a man yeah. parrot. Have have sex so with like a man the, the parrot. The opposite of werewolves. Yeah, kind of, yeah. except except mm. purely sex. So it's yeah. like like a big, mm. big sexy man parrot. <laughs> They've got what? What would be the ma- the man version of lycanthropy? I suppose hom- hominid anthropy. Yeah. Human anthropy. Werewolf we, we is man wolf, point, yeah. so it would be it would be wolfware, I guess. Uh, a, a wolf. <laughs> Very weird, but yeah, I, I I had so much fun writing that that I was like, oh god, I think this might be like if games journalism ever falls apart for me, I might just like do daily sex writing. Damn right, <clears> do that. I think I think you should put this as one of your Patreon rewards. Oh, Laura. do what? Do a weekly piece of like sex fiction. <laughs> Of smut, a weekly piece with of smut. some smug. weird it's, object. It would probably get me a lot of backing, like yeah. a shrug. I'll just some do weird the object. weekly, like, wh- what is who, what inanimate object are we having sex with this yeah. week? The Patreon stretch guy. Exactly. Mm. 
And you know the first week is going to have to be a, a chip. chip. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can make yeah. chips. Five hundred pounds, and I'll write about a man fucking a window. <laughs> oh god, I, I could do a bag of chips, have an orgy with all the chips. Oh some god, of all of them some in of them, there. Some of the some of the chips are a bit uh-huh. softer, and like uh, some of them are hard and cold. You know, and all the I, melted ice at the bottom where it's all just uh, soggy and wet. Where it's all just yeah, the I, moist I, chips mewling I can, and grunting. I can really do something with this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, that that was that was my week. I, she cooed in starchy yeah. satisfaction. Yeah, <laughs> stick shift is genuinely like an interestingly put together game. Um, I I didn't realize until like I f- I couldn't do a second playthrough because I realized every time I kissed. Um, kissed the car while the police were there. It added 10 minutes onto the amount of time the police were going to take to deal with me. So by the end, it was like, it's going to be six hours until the police are done. I'm like, oh. Well, have they got anything better to do? Apparently not. They're, they're very curious about this man fucking his car on the motorway. The man can fuck his own car if he wants. Well, every time every time they go up a gear, they uh, they speed ahead with reckless abandon. So perhaps it's like, hey, you're you're driving a bit erratically. Uh, Maybe stop fucking your car. Your car goes too fast when you fuck it. So yeah, pretty so much. Please don't, or or do it in a in a desert. No, yeah, fuck your car somewhere safe. Like, yeah, be 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 cautious of the people around you. You don't want to injure someone while f- consensually fucking your gay car. Oh, take up Formula One, and oh, then God. just come yeah. your way to the finish line. Yeah. Oh God, it specifies in the like the page for this game. Your car is gay, and I'm like, okay, well. Do cars have genders or sexualities? Apparently this one does. It's a gay male car. That's things I learnt. Well, that's... It's specific. Fair enough. It's specific, yeah. but it caters to an audience. And I, I say there's nothing wrong with that. So, have I'll sex do my with very, your gay car. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my very quick rundown of the other games I found this week, if mm-hmm. anyone's curious. Um, there is a game about gay, uh, dating gay orc men. Um, what's this one called? <laughs> Let me find my... I have my, my tab of games. So this is called Tusks. And you play one big beefy man trying to date a whole load of big beefy orc men in just sort of like loincloths and nothing else. And it's really fucking good. Um, it's a fucking well-written game. There's probably a Skyrim mod for oh, that as well. It's such a well-written game. Um, and then the last one is Sepe's Cumshot, which is the one where you... <laughs> it, you, you it, it's a flash game from what I can tell. And you rub your mouse up and down to jerk off a guy. And the more you jerk him off, his, his penis starts to grow to hilariously huge proportions. Like, it's like, oh, it's bigger than his arm. It's bigger than his torso. Oh, God, that's a penis that could destroy the world. And then, because it's made in flash, like, it's all CGI animated. But you get to the end and he bursts his load. And it is literally MS Paint 2D white art. Across the screen. So nice. it's like Katamari Damacy, made, but, but with a giant <laughs> flopping cock. It's oh, there's no flopping. Cheap and it's, cheerful. Uh, it's rigidly Oh, in place. sorry. I'm absolutely too yeah. my, my apologies. But, yeah, it, it's a game about making a guy's cock grow far too large. And yeah, video games, people. Well, I wish um, that was real. Video games. Oh, also there's Forest Ambassador, which is a game about shooting butts in the forest. <laughs> So, it's I nice to throw in as a post script. I had such a good week this week. That's so good. many terrible, weird games. <laughs> I um, didn't play much of that. I played a game called uh, Accidental Runner, which is on Steam right now, which is a load of shit. Uh, you run in place while shrubs fly at you, and if you touch the shrub, you explode. 
and they move so fast that it's impossible to play, and they're proud of that. And they put on the... It's one of those ones where the Steam description's like, I bet you can't play this game. You can't even beat the first level. You'll be so frustrated. That doesn't sell a game to me. It's like it's The word frustrated is where the problem comes in, because it's like, if it's challenging to the point where I'm not getting frustrated, but I am still repeating the level and over and over, that's fine. If you acknowledge that Mm. I'm going to be frustrated, you have designed your game wrong. Plus the game crashes after 10 minutes, so that's a piece of shit. Don't play that. Um, What else did I play? Um... Box Boy, which I, I love. Play Box Boy on the. Uh, what is Box Boy? Because I keep seeing it mentioned this week. Yeah, it's a 3DS game. It's uh, made by the guys who do Kirby. It's done by HAL Laboratory. You're a little box with little black dots for eyes and two little stick legs, and mm. you can make squares come out of yourself. And you can either detach the squares and make little platforms, little, little blocks, um, or keep them stuck to yourself and retract them. So you could like make four squares wow. come like three squares come out of your head and then curve the fourth one to the right and then it's a little hook and you can jump up to a platform and have it hook on and then retract and make it it's a little grappling hook. Or like if there are lasers you can put the blocks around yourself and they form a shield. And it's very simple puzzles and stuff like that, but for five bucks, just the amount of content is ridiculous. There's 17 main level, uh, main worlds with like eight levels each and bonus levels after the credits and a whole bunch of score mm. attacks and time attacks. And, and yeah, it's a really simple game. The puzzles aren't particularly difficult, but it's just a lot of simple fun to play and great game for five bucks. Like so much, so well worth it. Do you guys remember a Game Boy game? called Boxel. It was from, I would say, about the mid-17th century now this game came out. <laughs> now I don't remember but it. it was fucking great, man. <laughs> I should not drink before this uh, podcast. That's fine. Oh, I have a game that's really, that's really good that I played this week that is not a weird sex game and Ooh. that is, again, really good value for money. Um, this is an mm-hmm. iOS RPG called Steven Universe Attack the Light. And it's... It's a game based on a Cartoon Network property that's been going for the last year or so, which is this cartoon about a young boy who has magical powers living with some magical women. And but people love that it's show, a really don't good, they? Yeah, it's a really good show. It's very well written. It has some really good musical numbers, great action scenes, very lighthearted. Um, deals with a lot of like representation of non-standard family dynamics really well and does some really interesting stuff. Mm. But the iOS RPG came out this last week, and it's... It is probably the best iOS game based on a licensed property that I have ever played. Um, wow. It, it is wow. a touchscreen iOS RPG that it's focused on, like, you're, you're in a dungeon and you can move in four directions, like, to new rooms in each direction. You just sort of swipe the screen to move to the room in that direction. You interact with okay. things in the room by tapping or swiping or just, like, all sort of very easy-to-perform touchscreen gestures. And then when you get into... Is it kind of point and clicky? It's it's kind of top-down point and clicky-ish. And then when you get into... Most of what you're doing in the dungeons is um, random battles that you come across. or Not necessarily random. They're in set rooms. You go into certain rooms and there'll be battles happening. And it is turn-based battles that are best, best equated to something like the original Paper Mario RPG. Uh, Sorry, Super Mario RPG. The original Paper... 
I can't make a sentence because I've been drinking. Yeah, it's best compared to the original <laughs> Super Mario RPG because, like, the combat system is tap on a character, tap on what move you want them to do, and tap on who they should attack. And then, based on if you can tap the screen the second the attack um, lands, you will get an extra attack. You tap in time with the attacks hitting you to defend better. Um, there are on-screen prompts that make certain attacks worse, where it's like, oh, mash, like, tap the screen as fast as you can to power it up, or hit it, hit the screen when this bar's in this range to do extra damage. And it's a really smart combat system. Um, it does some really good stuff with when you have story segments come up in the game, depending on which team members you side with, it never punishes you for not siding with characters, but it does reward you for the ones you do choose to side with with an experience boost. So if there's any characters that are falling behind, you can give them a little boost of experience through the narrative. And it's just a really bloody solid um, iOS RPG that completely understands the platform it's on. It has six worlds, each of which have like several dungeon levels in them. I've put about nine hours into it. I've still not completed the main story. And it's like mm. two pound on iOS. There you go. That's a rigging endorsement. And there you go. Since I've actually played a mobile game, so that's cool. Yeah, oh, talking is... of. Oh, talking um, of. Talking of, I tried Nintendo's free-to-play game. And that's been a controversial move. Oh, Pokemon move. Shuffle. Pokemon Rumble Shuffle? World. The one with the toys. Where the, oh, the little Pokemon yeah. toys, Rumble World. Um, yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know either. where the gameplay comes in, because at the moment you're just kind of steering your Pokemon into other Pokemon and then just that, deal damage. I'm really sorry, Jim, but that doesn't change at any point. Yeah, I had a feeling it wouldn't. Um, mm. I, I haven't had a proper look at the microtransactions. I've heard it's. I've heard at least on the microtransaction front, it's very reasonable. Like everything's grindable, and then everything. It works like a kind of decent free-to-play game should, but at the moment, there's no I've, actual gameplay to unlock. Yeah, at the moment, anything, I'm wondering yeah. like, why would I want to spend money on this? If I, something like fucking Blacklight Retribution. Now that's a game I would I could see myself wanting to spend money in because I get. It's a really cool first-person shooter. Same with Loadout. Yeah. Loadout's another one I loved a lot. Um, you know, a third-person multiplayer shooter. Um, really solid gameplay to begin with. And it's the kind of thing that makes you want to spend money because you want to spend money. Um, here, it's like, I don't care how reasonable the microtransactions are. Right now, I'm just t making a Pokemon touch another Pokemon and dealing damage. It's... It's only a few steps above Final Fantasy or the bravest in terms of what I'm doing interactively. <laughs> oh, there's Final Fantasy news this week. Let me scroll up so I can find it. Where's my Final Fantasy news? Um, oh, God, I think I know what this is. Oh, Mobius Final Fantasy now shows less butts. There are fewer butts in that game. They've, they've updated it, and now the, the costumes cover more of the butts. So that was Final Fantasy news this week. Yeah, Last I heard there was in a Final Fantasy. I heard there was that male protagonist who was just deemed too sexy because um, he was wearing this kind of... I can't even describe what it was. It was like some sort of bizarre mankini from an alien planet. Uh, yeah, there, was... there is no item of clothing in existence that compares to what he was wearing. Yeah, it was kind of covering his front very tightly, exposing his side and hips. Um, I mean, I, w I won't deny it. 
So it was basically like Japanese Borat or something, well, was kind it? Kind of, but very... Yeah. borat very, very attractive. Um, I, mm. I won't okay. deny... I'd give him a go. Sexy Japanese boy. But um, they decided he was too sexy, uh, which, yeah, of course, they... some people are seeing as a double standard because, obviously, that they never apply that to um, a non-male character. Well, yeah, because it's, it's, it's not okay for guys yeah. to be sexy. Yeah. What if, I mean, we all what know that. What if a man accidentally sees the side of that butt and thinks, oh, that's a really sexy butt, and then realises he's attracted to a man butt? What, what then? What if I feel attracted to no, that? No, that's I not mean, okay, that's, Gavin. That's disgraceful. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, a, a no, man cannot be attracted to a man but no matter how nice the man but <laughs> I am of course joking you can be attracted to all kinds of butts damn right and I said, butts I, are the I, universal I, constant I, I thought he was um, kind of c- quite tasty but uh, unfortunately they've covered him up but that's their choice I mm. respect their decision I wonder I wonder will there be a backlash against <laughs> this for the next Final Fantasy because I, uh, it looks like I, I now I know nothing about this, but I've seen the screenshots and it looks like a giant sausage fest apart from one girl who has her boobies out. Yeah, like here's the thing. I would not be upset if the next Final Fantasy became naked male road trip. Like if they start to if they're if they're, if they're driving down the road in their like boy band car together and they're like, Oh, it's really hot today. We'd better all take our tops off in the boy band mobile. I would not be upset by that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the um, all of the main characters are male in the new Final Fantasy fifteen, and that's you know caused a debate. And Square Enix's guys have been all like, "Well, it's the story we want to tell." And I've can I can I say why I found this a bit strange mm-hmm. actually? Because of all the franchises in gaming that have big female followings wouldn't final fantasy be one of the biggest biggest, they've always had good women characters in the party uh which there's a shame there but at the same time i always respect an artist's decision if that's the story they want to tell if if they if they Mm. find their story is best Mm. facilitated with an all-male cast then okay i mean obviously that doesn't protect Mm. them from any criticism of that story but i do respect that Mm. that's their decision yeah, I think it's interesting to note, like, with this decidedly all-male cast, like, they're clearly aware of that, because for the first time ever in a Final Fantasy game, um, in every Final Fantasy there's a character called Sid, C-I-D, who turns up in some shape or form, and this is the first time when okay. Sid is a female character, because, uh. like, obviously they're aware, hey, we've got a bit of a sausage fest going on. Uh, what mm. characters do we is have? Is Sid the... the character with the yes. boobies out? Probably the one you've seen they with the boobies out. Quite, no. quite yeah. out. Yeah. They, they are. But yeah. no, it's, Sid is the one who often is to do with like, hey, you need an airship? Sid's got an airship. Not that I have a problem with that for the record, <laughs> Laura starting rumours that I don't hey, like hey, boobies. Hey, I quoted a sentence that you said. <laughs> out of context, The context was you said this sentence. <laughs> See, I've got to promote no. the position somehow, and if I have to do that by throwing you under the bus, so be it. I got so mad with Laura on Twitter. I was like, I didn't fucking say that. Weren't serious, mad. I was like, I think he's joke mad. Therefore, we're fine. So, yeah, that was that. Um, uh, what else happened this week, games wise? Oh, there's news for Gavin. Oh um, yeah, The Witcher Two. Uh, the Witcher 3, the new yeah. Witcher, whichever the fuck that one is. Oh, it's going to have big DLCs. Yeah, by, yeah, the, yeah. by early 2016, it's going to have had at least two 
10 hour plus mm. DLCs for it. So mm. yeah, more of that game that you're excited for. Yeah. I mean, do we, do we call yeah. that DLC or, or, or can we say that goes back to the expansions? Old, the, Cause I don't, I have yeah. less of a, cause I know people were upset because they said they told us all the DLC would be free. Um, but when it comes to a 10 hour expansion, that I feel is, is acceptable. You know, mm. I, I'm, I like mm. expansion. Who didn't love Shivering Isles? Yeah. To be so, fair. Shivering Isles was amazing. Who did? Who didn't think that was the best part of Oblivion? I like almost everyone I've spoken to thinks Shivering Isles was the, by far the best part of Oblivion. And you know, this is CD Projekt Red. I have no doubt that the mm. actual base package is going to be plenty mm. money's worth. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there are very yeah. few yeah. studios I would you know explicitly go on record as trusting. They're one of them. Yeah. Here's a here's an interesting thing, guys. Um, do you think The Witcher Three is going to be? Um, do you think it's going to be unlucky in its timing because there's been so many open world games in the last year, and do you think it might not do as well as it should do due to the fact that we've been completely overwhelmed with open world games recently? I, I think that what works in its benefit is the fact that. A lot of the end of this year is clearing up and a lot of stuff's getting pushed back to 2016. So just by just yeah. by virtue of being an open world game that is probably going to be released in a very polished state during a time when yeah. a lot of games were expected to come out and being pushed back from, I think it's going to do pretty well. Mm. I think it'll do... Ga- I'd definitely do Gangbusters on PC. Yeah. I think it'll do I mean, really think, well on PC. I don't think we've had the, the turn yet. See, the the, um, genres and ideas get exploited until the audience turns. We saw it with music Mm. games a while back, and we're not yet in that Mm. phase, and I don't think The Witcher 3 is going to be the straw to break the camel's back. So I'm very confident Mm. that it's going to do just fine. I hope so. I'd love to see it do well. I think it'll build a good community as well, and I think it's going to be the game everyone uses to show off their their Titans and their 980s and whatever they've upgraded to. You know, you're going to see so many screenshots of Witcher <laughs> Three everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got but, uh, a, a Titan, but I'm thinking of maybe maybe boosting what what I've already got just to just to prepare mm. for it. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna eat. I I I upgraded to a nine eighty, and I'm worried it's still gonna eat yeah, that. Yeah. Like, um, speaking of open world games on PC, GTA Five is coming. Oh, it's actually yes, finally coming! Last. Oh, it's seven yeah, discs in five the days. The physical version's seven discs on PC. She, yeah. Fuck off, really? Yeah, seven well, discs? it was. There was a leaked image on Reddit that suggested it was seven, Whoa. and then. Um, I got contacted by someone who independently verified for me that yes, it's going to be seven discs. Get out. Yeah. Well, it's like it's sixty gigs of game, which is yeah, quite a lot of big. game. That's even bigger than um, Call, of, Call of Duty yeah. Ghosts was the but, other one that had like yeah. a fifty gig down, or was it Advanced Warfare? Here's my question: When do you think that like physical game releases finally move to Blu-ray as a disc format? When do we think that happens? Has Xbox not done that? Xbox has. Xbox uses a form of um, of Blu-ray, but PC, like, for PC... Oh, what I mean is for PC. PC physical releases. Like, PC games, yeah, yeah. if they're physically released, still come out on DVD. Maybe oh. they're a game that's 60 gigs is... Well, because, I yeah. think I think Laura, because because of the nature of the way it's going with Steam and stuff, people just aren't buying... Um, PCs with yeah, any physical thing on it. Well, I, I there, don't think Blu-ray people, will ever take off. There are people who build PCs with Blu-ray burner drives so that they can watch mm. like things on their TV. 
Like, really, Laura? The- really are there? <laughs> Is this going to be a case where there's like one forum where they sit around and go, there are dozens of us. Okay, fair enough. It's up to not as much. But like, I've got a Blu-ray burner drive. Like, I mm. didn't think they were that uncommon. Amongst like high-end PC users, I would think if you were building a PC, you'd put a Blu-ray drive in it. I don't know. In a PC like, tower, probably. Just with how digital it is, if you're doing mm. it for gaming, then maybe people don't bother. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, I... I assume, like, that's when I'm building a PC, that's one of the things I think about is I should probably put in an up to date disk drive in case I need to use disks for something. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe it is less common than I think it is. I, I, don't, I don't think they ever will start making them on Blu ray. I think it's just physical media's kind of on the way out now. But you know what? I could be completely wrong. Uh, oh. Anyway, I'm going to crack open my weird Polish energy drink that I don't know what flavor it is <laughs> because nice. it's it's red flavor. It's CD Projekt uh, red. Uh, flavor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did they pay you? Uh, uh, um, I did get given some weird energy drinks by people I was out in Poland to see. It was Red Bull with a sticker over it. I'm pretty sure. I'm so jealous. Anyway, that's a different. Can I just say they, they are they are a really um. Whatever about their business ethics, which are great, but as a bunch of people, they're really great. Um, they're great you guys, about, yeah, CDP. CDP. I really yeah. like them. I wish I could have energy yeah. drinks again. I think they're... Oh, well, they're very nice. In two weeks. They're, big in, they're big into the whole community it thing. Tastes, it tastes of raspberry. There's very little energy drink taste to it. So, uh, well done. Burn brand Polish energy drink. You're pretty tasty. So You're torturing Jim now because he can't drink energy That's drinks That's fine. Should anymore. I go back to the alcohol gym? Would that make yeah. you feel better? <laughs> yeah. I d- to be honest... Fine, I'll I- go back to my Waiburawa. To be honest, that's uh. probably worse than the energy drinks, but I'm still going to drink all that. Yeah, because you haven't explicitly been told to stop on those yet. Exactly. I have to go for a wee, so you keep podcasting, because <laughs> I, we'll keep... I drank too much beer. So we're we'll at this time. I'll be right we'll, back. We'll, we'll, do que- we'll do questions when you get yeah. back, probably. Okay. Um, we're at this so time where the show falls yeah. apart. Oh, that's all right. Jim, Jim, yeah. Yeah. Uh, news that happened today. Um, Lego have their own version of Skylanders or Amiibo now. Oh, yeah. That that industry corner needed more competition. Yeah, you know what? On the subject of Amiibo, WaveForce killed it for me. Yeah, the Nintendo's shitty distribution. You know, I never oh. even saw pre-orders go up. Like we, we haven't talked. To, yeah, we haven't talked about the um, the Nintendo Direct in which nobody pooed. I yeah, intensely disappointed. Yeah. I am intensely disappointed that they cut the Awata pooing out of the uh, yeah. out of the press conference. But, Although I uh, think someone in the comments, I forget who, did did suggest that their whole amiibo thing was as close as we're going to get to seeing Nintendo <laughs> just shit everywhere. <laughs> I think you're probably right, but things that I kind of liked out of that presentation, I liked the 200cc is coming to Mario Kart because mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. someone that plays a lot of Mario Kart, that's a very nice thing to see. Um, I am happy that they're doing more DLC for Smash Brothers. I think it was a very interesting choice for them to be like, hey, vote for whatever you want to see in it. And the Yo- the one amiibo that I still care about is the knitted Yoshi that, that is entirely cute. plush. That is adorable. Yeah. And but the amiibo it- cards is interesting. Um, yeah. As long as... I mean, that should be harder for them to falsify fucking scarcity for that, although I'm mm. sure there'll be rare ones yeah. there as well. Oh. You, you know what it is in that direct that made me, like, give up on Amiibo? Mm-hmm. 
It was the 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 squid amiibo that is an exclusive for Splatoon if you buy it in a boxed bundle, which is coming in limited numbers. Or it is like, yeah, you have to buy a physical copy of the game that is boxed with this amiibo. They're not stocking the amiibo by itself. You'll never have another chance to get it. I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah, they've no. just gone. They've gone fucking like, stupid. I, I'm gonna. I I I like my Smash Brothers collection of them. I like that it's one consistently thematic collection of Nintendo figurines from across the years. I will probably persevere and complete my Smash Brothers collection, but after that I'm not jumping onto any more completed sets. Like, I will buy one of the Yoshi Woolly Amiibos, maybe. Yeah. And, again, that's that's it. I'm just like, no, it's it's too much. Yeah, I mean, if it gets to a point where there's an interesting one I might like that is there and gettable, then, you know, I might pick yeah. it up, but I'm done trying to go out of my way to get them yeah. because are you guys talking about amiibos yeah, yeah. We are. how did i know <laughs> like it's it's still sad because like i want my lucas amiibo to go with the ness um i want like all of the xenoblade <laughs> like the xenoblade shulk like i'm never going to get a figure of that in the uk otherwise but it's just a it's a shame that something that should be such a joyous collectible that brings people together is becoming a force for war yeah. Gee, it's it's almost like it's almost like it's Nintendo who made it. Oh, man. <laughs> it really is like stuff like Ninten- that should be joyous, mm-hmm. pissing everyone off. Mm. Nintendo's mm. handling of Amiibo is like just the most Nintendo thing that Nintendo's ever done. Yeah. Like this apart stuff from, is rare just because YouTube. it is. Like there's no other reason for it. This yeah. Amiibo is rare because we told you it is. Like that's all yeah. it is. You can make more shulks, you sons mm. of bitches. Or here's here's a YouTube share button on the Wii U. Oh, uh. and by the way, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, what what I will say um, about the the ability to vote for Smash Brothers characters. Going back to that, um, I'll just point out to the Podquisition audience that I was a character in an indie game called Fist Puncher. There is a character called Laura K. Buzz who appears in that with rainbow coloured hair. So, because they're a video game character, Laura K. Buzz in Fist Puncher, I think you should all go on the uh, on the voting system and vote for me to be in Smash Brothers. Either that, Someone... or oh, you yeah, go sorry, vote you for go like my other favourite one I've seen, which is the. Um, do you remember from the Wii that the man who came up on the little logos, t- like showing you how to not sm- smack your grandmother over the head with the Wii remote? Right. <laughs> People have come up with him as a suggestion for Smash Brothers, and his like they've made up fake moves and move list um, diagrams, and his final smash is takes off the, the wrist strap. <sighs> nice. That's nice. So someone someone needs to make me, a podquisition video game, guys. Yeah, who's gonna? Make and the object of the game? game can be to talk over each other, and so like basically, if you want me to talk more, you feed me beer, and if you want Jim to talk less, which why would anyone want Jim to talk less? But if you want that, you like throw Dark Souls at him and watch him get all depressed and shit. And then if you want Laura to shut up, you just give her loads of Polish beer. <laughs> if you want me to talk more, you just throw a load of weird sex games at me. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good thing. Oh, indie devs, get on it. Make yeah. And if you want Jim to talk more, just like poison him <laughs> oh i i love the theory that was i saw on twitter so much after we we had the episode about that go up which was the theory that i had poisoned you in an attempt to become the new host <laughs> and this was wildly circulating on twitter and i'm like you know what i don't have a big problem with that being a theory 
you don't, it's one of those theories that you never explicitly confirm or deny. You just let it it's, float out there to, it, just, just so that people just know thing, not to yeah. mess. It's like, hey, if you have a show and you don't let me onto it, who knows what could happen. Exactly. Just it's saying, a, it's a very gonna vampire take over, the masquerade yeah. way of doing things. I'm going to take over all the podcasts. Yeah. Whether you're alive or dead for me to do that is up to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, questions. Should we do, we do questions? questions? Yes, yes. Where do you, Gavin? Whoa, that was a little telepathic moment there between the three of us. <laughs> Gavin, you, you are the, uh, the question master from Twitter. Do you want to go through the list in the Skype chat and pick a question? Not particularly, no, because I'm afraid to click out of my audio software <laughs> in case fine. it I'll, stops recording again. <laughs> I'll, I'll do questions then. So yeah. where, we, where should we start? Um, from McFazza. What's your chill-out game? That game that you come back to every now and then just to zen out to. This one's going to be a huge shock <gasps> to everyone listening. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, you may be surprised to hear that for me it's Fallout 3. <gasps> oh! oh no, don't say it. Huge, so. huge shocker there. <laughs> um, for me, I have, I have two. And it's depending on which kind of zenning out I want to be doing. It's either Thomas Was Alone... Which is like a oh, nice. not too difficult platformer with very mm. pleasant music and a easily digestible um, story, and lovely it, relaxing narration too. Yeah, it's just a it's just a very like easy game to come back to and to feel very pleasant while doing. Disclosure: and, we're we're all buddies with Mike Bittle who made yeah. that game. Mike Bittle, he's pretty good. He listens to the mm. Podquisition. He's easy yeah. all right. Hi Mike. And, I'm in Hi Mike. His Hi Kerry. Hi Daz. I should always point out. Yeah, there's a load of volume. people that work uh, that that uh, like that are connected to Mike Bithell who listen to oh. the podcast. Uh, podcast. So, hello, Mike. Hello, Kerry. Hello, Daz. Hello. Nice listen. Hello. <laughs> Do you like our show? Um, <laughs> my my other <laughs> my other one, as stupid as it is, is Guitar Hero, because I find it really easy to get into a, just a very. Um, a very zen-like state where I'm not focusing on anything other than just scrolling bars. Like I can, f time can go by very, very quickly playing just like medium-level guitar hero. Mm -hmm. Guitar hero is really difficult actually when you play guitar because it, it a lot of it is very counterintuitive to what you're used to. Which is like I can't do either. So you know, I can do <laughs> I can do about the first half of the guitar hero songs on medium. Oh. I can do most of them fairly well on easy. Mm. And I know that it's nothing like a guitar, but I'm like, well, it just, it, I can zone out to this. It's something to do while I listen to music. So Yeah. It's like if you, if you get to the top level and you're like trying to play Dragon Force, like, now let's just get E Rock yeah. in to do that instead. I do quite like Dragon Force on easy with just my like three little buttons. I'm like, I didn't know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Force on easy? What? It's, it's easy mode. It's still not easy. <laughs> oh God, I saw Dragon Force like two months after that game came out and uh, that was an interesting show. Were they drunk and fucking everything up? Because <laughs> they're, they're renowned for getting yeah, too drunk much. and fucking and it all they, up. Um, they did a wall of death at, uh, during oh, nice. the, the solo nice. of um, Dragon Force. Like, when they're just about to go into the first time they did a wall of death and um someone got taken to hospital with a suspected um broken neck ouch so yeah that was a fun show jim well it's not a metal gig if you don't break something um let's say i don't really have any because i always try different things but certainly one time when i just took a a good bit of time off 
I just went through Doom 2, and it was just an oddly relaxing experience. Um, so Doom I'd say 2 that's is quite zen, yeah. You know, yeah, when you just get into the... It's just so... It demands so little of you. Yeah. Go in, kill shit, that'll do. I, fa- I found Doom 2 pretty difficult, actually. I found it very challenging. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's challenging. I, I, I just... Um, conceptually, it's uh, very undemanding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to think too much about it. You just Man, kill shit. What, what would you guys give for a modern FPS that had level design like Doom? I mean, mm-hmm. God, I would love that. I would love that so much. Well, I'm going to say something that's like probably not a... It's, it's not going to sound good when I start saying it. I think for me, like the the most memorable level design in a first person shooter, and I'm not talking about mechanics because it's not the best mechanical first person shooter. But I really like the level designs in the shooting sections of Mass Effect, particularly Mass Effect Two. I think it has really mm. interesting level design. Oh yeah, especially mm. like the collector ship. And, yeah. And... Well, it's like the one where you're wearing like anti grav boots and walking up the side of the Citadel in Mass Effect One. Or... That was so cool. Yeah, there are some really fucking cool level designs mm. in the shooting sections. Ignoring the quality of the shooting mechanics, mm. the level design in that sh- in the shooting sections of that are very bloody memorable. Mm. I felt in Mass Effect Three, the arenas felt a little bit more obvious. Than in the yeah. first two games. Possible. But, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely good. right on that one. Walking up the side of the, the the Citadel with the Reaper tearing chunks off in front of you, and you're like, is it going to fire a laser at me now at any moment? <laughs> well, it's like in, in Mass so Effect awesome. 2, you've got like going through the base, and then you find the big human Reaper at the end. Like That is some really cool design. Spoilers. <laughs> it's Mass Effect 2. There's a human Reaper at the end of Mass Effect 2. I think pretty much like... Mass Effect, due to the ending of 3, was so beyond spoilered for everyone yeah. on the I, internet. That, I, like, I, I feel like at a certain point I can talk spoilers for, like, what is the final boss of X mm-hmm. game and it not you, be you a can't, problem. You can't spoil Mass Effect anyway, because yeah. however ma- bad it might be spoiled, the ending is just going to spoil yeah. it worse. Hint, they're stealing, they're stealing the humans in 2 to make a Reaper out of them. Oh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get some anger for that. Anyway, yeah, no, you um, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, well. Um, next question's from Martimus Prime. Um, thoughts on the whole Angry Joe and Nintendo incident? So, I'm with any- Joe. For anyone that doesn't know, um, Angry Joe is a person who makes YouTube videos about video games. He made a video about, I believe it was the new Mario Party, and Nintendo copyright striked him and took all his money from that video. And he made a video where he just said, you know what, fuck it, I'm not covering Nintendo games anymore because Nintendo are shits to YouTubers. It's Is that a, a good fair, summation of it? Fair comment. Um, yeah. You know, Joe's a friend. He's a cool guy. Um, passionate, loves what he does. Mm. Uh, and I love what he does. And Same. Big you know, fan here. I think it's fair. I don't think he's. I don't even think he's the first. I think he's the most high profile, and certainly the most um, um, righteously indignant in his announcement of it. But I don't think he's the first guy to just say "fuck it." I'm not covering Nintendo anymore, and I, 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 can't, I wouldn't be surprised to see others following suit because, as I've said before, you know, I said this in an interview with uh, Wired recently. Um, 
effectively, and I think I said this on Jimquisition as well, what Nintendo wants in order for you to make money is, is effectively sign terms of employment with them. Uh, you, if Whether you're a Let's Player, whether you're a critic, whether no matter what you are, Nintendo doesn't distinguish. If you want to use even 30 seconds of a publicly distributed, media distributed trailer, uh, they want you to sign on with them and basically for them to become a multi-channel network, something like Machinima or Polaris, uh, mm. and, and, um, and, and take the money first and then distribute some of it to you, which is what an employer does. Mm. And I'm sorry, but as a games critic, there is no way, no fucking way I would ever do that. And, and I realise, for me, I'm lucky enough in that YouTube itself, YouTube revenue is not a major source of income for me. Um, <coughs> you know, Patreon is my thing. Um, that it is telling that there's a couple of Jimquisitions that are claimed by Nintendo, even though I don't monetize them. Mm. Uh, so I think it's so short-sighted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think I think YouTube is even bigger than we r- people realize it is because, and I said this on Twitter the other day, and of course it sparked some anger from angry people but if you look at the games that have been huge consistently huge over the last few years it's call of duty it's minecraft it's um indie horror games and the one thing all of those have in common is that they have huge youtube communities and i i not everyone agrees on this but i personally think the reason call of duty stayed relevant and stayed popular was because of youtube and because the there, you know, there's more people who watch YouTube videos of COD every day than actually play yeah. COD. I yeah, I mean, here's the thing, you know, right? It's best to let's just have a separation of church and state. They make the the game publishers make their money selling the games. YouTubers make their money doing YouTube videos. If we want to get mm. fucking murky with it, if you want to say you're using our game to make money, therefore you owe us money, you, mm. they can turn right around and say, well, you sold a portion of your games based on my video, therefore give me some of your profits. And that mm. just gets messy as fuck. It's just so much cleaner. It's just so cleaner to have mm. YouTubers make their money, publishers make their money, keep mm. them out of the same mm. fucking bed. And it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It really is. You know, the YouTuber benefits, the the game company like, benefits. There's no downside the, to the this. The YouTube numbers you know? are, in theory, <clears throat> insignificant to... like the, What they're taking away from a developer is insignificant, and what a developer has to gain <clears throat> from them is not insignificant so exactly i think it's a mutually beneficial situation that many I mean, you're companies are a, afraid of for seemingly no reason for for a video with a million views you're taking away like a thousand dollars or so from someone's livelihood which is nothing yeah. to someone like Nintendo, but, thing, but a loss to a YouTuber. One thing I also want to dispel the myth of is a lot of people will sit back and say, well, these Let's Players, all they do is play the video games. No. Uh, that's not a job, all this stuff. First of all, <laughs> fuck you for doing the whole get a real yeah. job thing because you're just playing into uh, you know this corporate mandated idea that a nine-to-five office job is the only noble work. Second of all... Art um, should be a hobby, Jim. <laughs> Entertainment yeah. is not a necessity. Yeah. Second of all, um, let's not forget that this applies to way more than just uh, Let's Plays. Um, To date, uh, Content ID has hit me on, I want to say, 
maybe two or three Let's Plays out of the hundreds that I have. Um, where, my, where I get hit with uh, Content ID, where the ad revenue really gets me, my top ten videos, which are parody videos that I do a lot of editing on. Um, my Jimquisitions, which obviously is, um, you know, very heavily edited stuff. I, uh, it takes me a long time to make one. A comparatively long time to make one. I put a lot of effort into it, write an original script. The footage I use is trailer footage, which is um, usually publicly distributed trailers that are given to games media to host and share. Mm. Uh, and that's... That's where all yeah. my content ID claims come from. So this idea that it's just Let's Players uh, and just Let's Plays and therefore they don't deserve anything is but complete and utter fucking e even bullshit. Even then, like, for the people that are saying Let's Plays are not work, it's like, no, there is a lot of work that goes into, like, creating a persona and continuing to have interesting things to say and, like, keeping the, the personality-driven side of that going while you maintain being decent enough at a game to do interesting stuff. That is a skill in and of itself, and the all the required work that goes into creating an audience to make that profitable, it's a, it is a bloody job. Yeah, there is a talent into it, and people are passionate about it. There are people that will work their YouTube channels. Like, I only do, like, you know one brief video a day when it comes to the, the general squirty play series I do. And that's enough of my time between, you know, playing the game, editing it up, uh, rendering, uploading, monitoring it, all this kind of stuff. And there are people who, you know, let's play as their bread and butter. For me, it's a, it's a bit of side corn. But there are people Same. that it's their daily fucking thing. And they, they yeah, put the like, work I'm, I'm someone that... I thrive off doing written work. Like the majority of what I do is like I, I write freelance features. I write news. I do written content for a lot of places. And even me, I'm looking at it being like, yeah, whether it's my thing or not, people who do like three or four let's plays on their channel per day, I have a lot of respect for the work that goes into maintaining an operation like that. Mm -hmm. To put up like an hour of content on your yeah, channel a, a day a, is not it's easy. Not it's not difficult work, but it's a yes. lot of work, and it can be very tedious. There are some work. difficult aspects to it as well, like the. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no one's saying that you're fucking, you know, a firefighter no. or anything yeah. like that. You know, it is it the most noble job in the world? Absolutely not. Are you working, you know, quite a Long few hours, hours yes. to make <laughs> a lot of people happy? Yes, you are. If you're a very popular let's player, you're making. <clears throat> Mi you know, upwards of millions of people <laughs> yeah. happy, and if you think that that, mm. that deserves no reward, then, then oh, you know, honestly, fuck this. You. This was always my retort for when people say that art shouldn't have monetary, blah blah blah. It's supposed to be a hobby, and I said, no, I'm sorry. When you spend your time creating something that enriches other people's lives, you deserve some kind of a payback yeah. for that. Like, yeah. I'll break it down even more than that. If you can make money doing something that isn't hurting anyone else, fucking yeah. do it and don't feel ashamed. Yeah. And don't let other exactly. people yeah. make you well, like, ashamed of it because there's far yeah. too much shame going on around here so everyone just fucking drop it. Most publishers are great with that stuff, though. I mean, and they they do... It does seem to be Nintendo's kind of the the black sheep here. They don't seem to realize how it's how it works. Nintendo's holding out. Square Enix can do it sometimes as well. Mm. Capcom has things all automatically content ID'd, but if you mm. contact them, they generally relinquish the claim. You know, um, it's really weird. I've never gotten a claim 
about gaming footage. I've only the only time I ever got a claim was for using my own songs. <laughs> music is awful. Like if you think the game yeah, the music are industry bad, the music... is fucking. I, I mean, gamers, we 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 like to complain a lot. But my God, our industry is like fucking. Mm-hmm. Our industry is like Jesus and God on a cloud compared In- to indeed. the music yeah. industry. Sharks and the, do you want to hear a funny story? I yeah. did an interview on a radio station this week, and they couldn't play my song after the interview because they are in huge inverted brackets quotes whatever I'm too drunk playlisted and basically that's a really polite way of saying we are corrupt as fuck and only play what the labels pay us to play Wow! it's disgust I mean the gaming industry people think the gaming industry is corrupt and journalism and everything. Oh my that, god! That you all see being the music said, industry. it doesn't. Just because there are other more corrupt industries doesn't mean we can't complain about the the issues in this one. And we're oh, still yeah, going to complain when Nintendo Ab- went dicks to people. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, but fair oh, yeah, play absolutely. to companies like Devolver Digital, yeah. uh, who I always bring up, just because they've had they fostered such a good relationship with. Uh, YouTube, and not in a skeezy way, just in this very we we want you to show the game, give your honest opinion if you like it or not. Doesn't mm. matter. Just just play it. We hope you have fun. And they are, you know, they're up there with CD Projekt Red when it comes to a company mm. that I res- re- mm. that I come as close as I can get to respecting a corporation <laughs> or a company. You know, I think Bioware are really good with that as well. I mean, they every week, every single week, they have a segment where they share stuff on YouTube that fans yeah, have made. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Sony as well were like they were thrilled by the idea of people playing uh, yeah. Bloodborne. Well, you on you got quoted in yeah. their marketing material for Bloodborne as someone that's like mm. you, oh, yeah, yeah. you're primarily like a YouTube person as far as they're concerned. But they were like, no, we're still gonna like quote you. Yeah, that's good. Did I tell yeah. the story about? I think I did. When I had a Sony rap asking yeah. me if I was going to do it's a YouTube like, oh video. It's like, oh god, I just saw that you were yeah. dying. I'm so sorry I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Has he actually done me. Bloodborne yet? Uh, I, I must think go and watch was, it. I think that was this week he's done yeah. it. Uh, I have to go and it's watch that. It's interesting, because like, there are still some weird situations that do arise. Like, um, I know mm. when, um, when Saints Row Get Out of Hell was being released, I got pre-release code for that. And in the initial email, they said, okay, you people with YouTube channels who've got this code, you can play the first hour of it on YouTube before release. Like, whenever you're done, you can put it up. So I recorded the first hour, and I did an hour-long Let's Play of that game, and as I as it was exporting, they were like, oh no, sorry, you can't do any footage at all. At all. None. And they just suddenly backed out of it, and I had to cancel my upload. Because, like, companies are sometimes wow. weird about this stuff. Like, they will... Back and forth on whether they like. There YouTubers are certain or not. YouTubers. There are certain YouTubers that um, I know. This is all speculation, but there are certain YouTubers you do see getting games very early regularly, yeah, yeah. and I think they probably yeah, get yeah, exclusives. They do. they do. No, they do. They do. They do. It's not speculation. Right. I've been told yeah. outright. Well, no, um, no. There was a game Among the Sleep. Mm. Uh, that I was told I could do a video of it, but only if I hosted the video off of YouTube. Uh, Because before release, um, PewDiePie and um, anyone on PewDiePie's sort of, um, you know, group, uh, they had exclusive rights to it on YouTube before release. Well, this um, Get Out of Hell one was weird, because there were big YouTubers who'd put up their footage already and were demanded to take it down. Like, there were some pretty big YouTubers who had to take down their Get Get Out of Hell footage after they'd published it because 
Deep Silver did a weird backtrack on that. That's strange because Deep Silver are usually yeah, really good about that Yeah, I don't know what it was with that, that, that one, stuff. but that yeah. was yeah. I had a video uploading when they told me, "Nope, you, no one can do videos now." Bye. Anyway, huh. we've been going for a while. Should we start wrapping up? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I'm I'm late for a date with my lovely lady. Oh, okay, sorry. let's do this quick then. Um, Laura, people want to know where do how it where do how it um, uh, destructoid yep. at Laura K Buzz on Twitter. At Laura K Buzz on Patreon, at Laura K Buzz on everything fucking else. Um, I am, I I think I can actually say this now, UK editor on Destructoid. I had to edit that out of a previous episode because things got delayed. But yeah, woo! woo! UK editor on Destructoid, woo! Congratulations. Anyway, yeah, so at Laura K Buzz on fucking everything. Twitter, Patreon, whatever. Excellent. Mm. Gavin, Miracle of Sound, kind of a pop <clears throat> star. How? Me. Yeah, pretty much the same. Miracle of sound on everything, including the number one spot on iTunes Worldwide Metal Chart. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think a death metal uh, growl is in order here. Absolutely. Are we going to death metal growl it? <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was for... That was for the people who claimed that I used effects to make my death metal growl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see that reverb? It's almost like there were two people doing screams at once. <laughs> good stuff. That's how good Gavin's voice is. Uh, as for that, as for me, I'm Jim Sterling. You all know that. That's fantastic. That's fine. We'll see you next week. we got to go because uh, Gavin's got to go do things. So, yeah. bye. Bye. Bye.